This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am I am strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Welcome back to Outway. This week's episode is another guest story share. We had Anne on recently, and so many people resonated just from hearing from a listener. So, Liana, you are a listener of Outway, right? I am. I found you guys a year and a half ago, and because I've heard you on another podcast, and I've listened ever since, and I just love the message that you guys put out there about disordered eating, because I think there's not enough about it. So I'm really grateful to be here. I'm excited because your story is super relatable to so many. And similar to Anne's story, you've had a huge growth spurt in the span of just one year when so many people have actually found their way to eating disorders. So many people have also found their way out. So what happened in this last year? Let's actually start there and then maybe take it backwards. Yeah, sure. So COVID happened and, you know, we were all shelter in place at home and I don't know what pushed me. I started to, like, I've thought about like, is there a life outside of counting calories 
exercising, like being on this very strict plan, because I think a lot of my disordered eating was related to fear of gaining weight because I've had ups and downs with my weight and I'll share more about that. But I always had this little like thing in the back of my mind, like, will I live like this forever? And in the beginning of COVID, I found intuitive eating, maybe on from like social media. And I don't know exactly where I heard about the book, but I found the book Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And I just started reading it. I was mind blown. And because they were sharing things that like were exactly my thought process. And they also shared solutions. They also shared like there is another way. And the other way is trusting your body, which is something that for me, I know I've never been able to do or felt like I could do. And I think our society doesn't allow us to do or think that we can. So I felt, okay, like this is my other way. Is this like actually a thing I could do? And I was working with with a dietitian prior to this phase, just kind of like pre-intuitive eating. I wasn't, I was like kind of like teetering. I was on the fence. And then I started working with a new dietitian that actually was certified in eating disorders. And she had a lot of knowledge in intuitive eating. So it kind of all happened at the at the best time, because when I first started with her, I went from a place from like, I don't know what else I can work on to, I want to work on intuitive eating. And this is my goal. And so I started working with her ever since the pandemic started. And we worked through the intuitive eating workbook. And I have to say it was a lot of ups and downs, especially with being in COVID and I remember like the first time we had an outing and a gathering, it was a big shock because I had a lot of concerns with, do people know, notice I gained weight or how do I eat like a normal person? I don't know how to eat like a normal person because I know I just always had numbers in my head and the amount of calories things were. But then, you know, as I just got more practice with that and approached it with more curiosity rather than shame, because I'm so used to coming at myself with shame of why did you eat that X, Y, Z, I was able to have compassion for myself and also realize how big my world has gotten because my life was very small in disordered eating. I've missed out on friends' parties. I've missed out on family gatherings. And even if I was there physically, I was not there emotionally at all. Hearing you speak to your story just also reminds me of my story, which I assume, you know, our countless listeners are like, yes, that's me. And the funny thing about when you're in disordered eating, I don't know if you'd agree, but certainly we we can reflect and say, okay, my life was small. But at the time, you don't realize how small it is until you widen it and you're living this fuller life. That's the the word that so many people speak to when they start to trust their bodies and really kind of face those big fears. So would you agree that like while you were in it, you wouldn't have ever maybe admitted or said, yeah, my life is small because it was just life as you know it? A hundred and ten percent. I really thought that that was my life. And I thought this was what I was supposed to do. That like, this is the way it is. I'm doing what's best for me because I couldn't deal with eating or or handling life any other way. I just wasn't at the emotional capacity. I didn't even know if I was going to eat wedding cake at my wedding. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I'm grateful that today I'm going to plan on eat everything and anything on that day that I want to, and my body wants at that day. So yeah, I agree. I think in that I didn't realize, and I thought that 
honestly, I thought I was, this is really bad to say. I thought I was better than everyone else. Mm, Oh, look at me. And that like, I'm able to stay on my plan. I'm not eating all this food when like, I'm the one being fooled. I'm the one missing out. (laughs) Yeah. Again, it feels like your words are my words. So I could imagine that a lot of listeners are like, yes, thank you for saying this, saying that there's that self-righteous feeling that fuels you enough. And then when you F up by eating or not working out or whatever, somehow way you don't remember that part, you still get the fuel off of the being better than everybody else. And you don't recognize this isn't working. But I'm curious because I think so many people are at a place similar to you, where you were, I should say, where, you know, you were working with the other dietitian, but you were interested in finding the freedom, but you were kind of teetering for a while. Was there any one thing that made you feel like you could take the leap and do something different? Yes, I think I was at a place of desperation and Honestly, having faith in a higher power has helped me. I've developed a strong faith in a higher power within the last couple of years and different than my own upbringing and my religious background. But I knew that like I had to just take away the control that I was fostering and turn it over to something bigger than myself and know that like my higher power wants the best for me and whatever that may be, you know, God, not God, anything bigger than myself that like I've catastrophized that like, if I eat a certain thing, I'm going to gain X amount of pounds and I'm just never going to go back. Like I was in such a terrible headspace, And I recognized that like, I am not that powerful and that I just had to like trust something else. I had to turn it over and it was just an experiment. And I was trusting my dietitian, the intuitive eating dietitian. I trusted all of the things I saw on social media. I trusted people like you guys on the podcast, hearing other people's stories and what intuitive eating was like for them. Because of course my thinking is, well, that's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to, you know, be able to do this successfully, but really I'm not that unique. (laughs) And so I I had to look at a lot of other people's experiences with this to like reduce the way I catastrophize if I were to engage intuitive eating because I was very black and white. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. The two things that I want to harp on are two words that you just brought up that are really interesting, especially in the conversation of trusting yourself and all the things that we talk about in true wellness. So you said that you were less powerful that you thought and that you're not unique. And both of those almost sound negative, right? Like we hear about positive affirmations to start the day. I am powerful. I am strong. I am this. Rather, for you, it was saying, I'm not all that powerful. There's something bigger than me out there, and I trust it. Mm -hmm. And the unique thing, too, kind of speaks to, you know, I talk a lot about self-worth, and it almost sounds like by saying I'm not unique that you have negative self-worth. But really, it's a much more complicated conversation to humble yourself and say, this isn't working for me, just like it hasn't worked for the millions of people before. And look at all these people that it is working for. Maybe I could be like them. So it was super interesting language to show up here and say, I'm not powerful and I'm not unique and kind of strip away from all the things that we cling to, maybe ego based, maybe control based and really find the control underneath all of that. Yes. And I think you're right. I think someone would hear that and probably say, oh, that would diminish my self-esteem. 
But I think a lot of my disordered eating is and was the control factor. And like you said, it's letting go of that control and recognizing like, I'm again, like I'm not that powerful. And that if I continue to hold on to this control by like counting calories, measuring my exercise, weighing myself every day, I can't trust anyone else. I can't trust my body. I'm, I'm going to be so far away from my body. And I felt very detached from my body for many years. When working with a professional, the intuitive eating dietitian, what sort of things and types of controls did you have to give up? The types of controls I had to give up were the diet rules. And I didn't even realize I had so many, but I have a lot. And whether it be I can't eat more than X amount of this type of food, or I can't eat at this time, I oh, my hunger and fullness was a huge one because I used to push off my hunger. Like I used to push off the time that I ate and that like, it's been two and a half hours, I can't eat yet. And I would just obsess about food. I used to think that obsessing about food was a me problem and that I thought about food like 23 hours of the day. Oh, mine is sleeping. But like I had to let go of the fact that that's not something that's wrong with me. It's how, it's because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And taking that leap of faith and that when I started fueling my body, I don't think about food anymore, which is astronomically crazy because I never thought I would be at the, that place. And oh, another thing I had to let go of was fitting in a certain size. And I used to, and I'm a tall person. I'm like five, seven. It was almost again, an ego thing. Like I'm better than everyone else because I can fit into this size. But I think a little, little thought in the back of my mind was this isn't realistic. I can't fit in this size forever. And so I, I gave away and like, I, I purged a lot of clothing, a lot of clothing and it helped that we were moving. And I had to buy clothes in a bigger size. And I realized, even though that was scary, that by wearing clothes that fit me right and that fit my body, I thought less about my body because wearing uncomfortable clothes, is just like, it's all you can think about. So I actually thought less about my body. And that was a big thing. And that like trying on certain clothes or body checking was another thing I had to let go of, like knowing when to look in the mirror, why I'm looking in the mirror or photos and just my motivations around it, like being very specific on what am I looking at here, right? Like rather than do I look good, am I able to just feel how the clothing fits on me rather than looking in the mirror? Because I can get very shame-based and have a lot of negative self-talk when I look in the mirror. You've said so many important things that I thank you for sharing in such an honest way too, especially, you know, it wasn't just that you gave up body checking, but that you gave up body checking with the recognition and the mindfulness that when you do that, you get really negative on yourself. Meanwhile, you're empowered when you can feel clothing that feels good on your body, that hugs you in the right places, that feels good. So it sounds like you did an amazing work. You worked with a professional that you trusted, which I think is really key. So I just want to throw that out there. You gave her your trust and she likely did things, said things, created a safe environment for you as well, which is so important. And all the factors kind of came together for you to, you know, be stepping into your wedding this year, which was delayed <laughs> and find yourself in a place where I'm feeling like a wave of confidence for you. You mentioned that there are ups and downs. So like all stories, I don't like to, you know, pretend that it's all easy for you every day, but I think we can all feel your confidence radiating. So let's back up a little bit now too. When you went to college, things really changed for you, right? And I think that's a time that it changes for 
a lot of people. Tell yeah. us about what happened when you went to college. Yeah. So prior to college, I was struggling with some mental health stuff. So I was going away to college and I was excited, but of course you always hear in the back of your mind, don't gain the freshman 15 or whatever it is. So now I'm out on my own, I'm free and I definitely use alcohol as a way to cope with my mental health and my social anxiety, because of course I thought that alcohol made me more social, which it probably did, but then it only ended in binge eating and, and then which led to the next morning of exercising to compensate for the food that I ate. And I was in this spiral of binge eating, binge drinking, probably getting sick from the alcohol more times than, than not, and then compensating by over-exercising and being very focused on the food I ate. And I remember this distinct moment of looking at the scale and noticed I gained a, like some weight. And I honestly, I cared, but I didn't care, I think, because I didn't know what else to do. There was a point that I found myself just alone in my room that I wasn't going out anymore towards the end. And I had a lot of friends at college and I found myself in my dorm room alone and just eating and my anxiety increased a lot. And I ended up coming home after a year and a half of being at that school, which I think was the best decision I could have made because I realized, you know, I wasn't going to class like every day. And I was like, what track am I on? Am I, like, what's my future going to look like? I'm going to be at college for way longer than I could have been. And I remember people questioned, like, why are you coming home? I don't get it because I didn't share about it with anyone. I didn't put words to it. I didn't know what was going on. I had a lot of friends. So people questioned, like, usually people come home because you're not having a good time, but you're having a good time. And I was really struggling inside. And I ended up coming home from college and I ended up going to a city school, which I think was the best thing for me. I actually realized that I was, I did better academically than I thought. And I was able to find my path, which was um, eventually going to grad school for mental health counseling. Interestingly enough, when I was still at the city school for undergrad, I found my quote unquote answer, which was this really intense exercise program. And I found clean eating. And that skyrocketed me to the other end of the spectrum, which was orthorexia, which I actually learned from your podcast. And that is like the obsession of clean eating, being quote unquote perfect and not going outside of the realms of this obsession with healthy eating. So I was diligently tracking food. I like got that answer, whether it was, okay, now I know how to eat, but I also didn't know how to eat outside of those little realms, whether it was like, these rules again, that they started to, that started to create. And I had a lot of fear of gaining weight and going back to where I was earlier in undergrad. So that's where I felt like I had the obsession with clean eating and over-exercising still. And I remember going food shopping and not buying any peanut butter that didn't have an ingredient other than peanuts. That again, made my life very small. I entered grad school and I would say I came out of that a little bit, but still very, very obsessive with calorie counting and feeling like I needed to stay in this smaller body. I loved my grad program. I learned so much and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. It actually led me to intern in a substance abuse facility. And I loved that so much. And I still work in the addiction uh, world. 
And that's where I learned about Alcoholics Anonymous. And I saw how people were obviously addicted to drugs and alcohol and how they were able to get sober and live a different life. And I started, it started to make me think about my own relationship with food. And also this was the first time that I had a full-time job where I'm surrounded with other people that come from their own backgrounds. And I'm able to see like, oh, they have a normal relationship with food. Like, how can they just eat that? I don't get it. And it started the thought process of, well, what about my relationship with food? And I remember sharing about it for the first time with a coworker of mine that I was very close with. And she was like, "Mm, I think you should take a look at this. And I've been in therapy. I was in therapy, but I never brought it up because again, I didn't deem it as a problem or I didn't want to deem it as a problem. I had all these other issues that I wanted to focus on, but like, I wasn't ready to bring this thing to the surface because then I'd have to do something about it because that's how I am. So then when she said this to me, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I still didn't do anything about it. And so then I found myself at my last binge because I remember it was my 23rd birthday. I went out to brunch with my friends. And I remember having that birthday mindset where this was something that I did like on holidays or special occasions, I would go balls to the wall and not track and found myself ill by the end of the night because I ate so much. And then I over-exercised the next day, of course. So I remember we went out to brunch, had a great time. And I was living with my fiance at, at the time. Well, my now fiance, you know, we were living together and he was downstairs with his friends and I was upstairs and I found myself just binge eating like leftover Chinese food and I couldn't stop. And I was so at my rock bottom and that's where I finally reached out for help. And I knew I had to do something about it because I just couldn't live. I think what really got me there was like the feelings of shame and just the self-talk I had. It was this endless cycle and I didn't know how to get out of it. So that's kind of like how college led me to where I was. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a pretty common trajectory of, you know, you get to college and you have this time and new fears. And there's a lot of focus, at least when I went to college, and sounds like for you also on body, but also on having fun. But the fun leads to, you know, late night eating and things that you weren't doing in high school. And you try to combat it and you find yourself just in this like vicious race of constantly thinking about food, constantly compensating for food, you know, on whether it was Facebook or Instagram at the time, you know, you look like the quintessential happy college student, but your mind is just consumed with fear and all that. So it's it's a very traditional I feel like, because I mean, traditional for me, because I speak to so many people, but a very isolating experience when you're going through it. I speak firsthand from Mm -hmm. remembering it, as well as, you know, working with people in, in college or after college that reflect on that time period. So after that kind of more obvious cycle, you found your way into a more quote unquote healthy obsession with food by and without a label or a word with orthorexia, this felt right for you. I'm eating, I'm eating enough, I'm eating Mm -hmm. healthy foods. How could any of this be wrong with me? And yet at the same time, you found yourself within the same confines that you found yourself previously when, you know, it was more obviously disordered or, um, you know, a little bit might have caught the attention of somebody else where this wasn't catching the attention of other people because 
it was probably a lifestyle that many people wanted. Yes. Oh, I was praised for it and the validation. Oh, you're so disciplined. You're so good. And there was also that fear of letting that go. Mm. And at the same time, to just highlight how easy it is to miss this, you're also at the time in grad school for mental health. You know, for me too, looking back when I was studying to be a registered dietitian in grad school, that's certainly when my disordered eating also had an uptick. And uh, this was less than 10 years ago. And the words disordered eating were never brought up. I assume it's the same in your grad school. And the words orthorexia was never, ever brought up because um, I'm not sure. Is it even in the DSM now? You know, I have to check, but I highly doubt it. It may be like atypical anorexia or. Right. So it's not recognized as a um, clinical mental disorder or I don't know if that that terminology feels funny. Is that okay to say? Mental illness. Yeah. A mental illness. Yeah, it's not recognized. And if you're a professional who has never experienced it, especially older generations that can't understand how healthy eating would be, you know, something negative, you just feel like, how could I stop this quote unquote good thing? There's all the applause. I'm eating healthy food. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And it's really kind of confusing. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. And you said one thing that I just want to go back to because I feel like a listener may be getting defensive as I would if I heard one thing that you said back when I was disordered, which is you would only eat the peanut butter with, you know, mm -hmm. peanuts in it. And to a regular listener, why is that why is that necessarily harmful? How is, you know, doing something like that potentially bad? I care about my health. Mm -hmm. That in isolation might be fine right. for you, listener. You know, I personally, when I do buy peanut butter for my house, I might look at the ingredients, make sure it's peanut butter, you know, oil, salt, maybe a few things. Right. But in combination with the rest of my behaviors, thoughts at that time, yes. and the obsession, as well as the inability to eat a peanut butter, if it had sugar or any other ingredient in it at the time that wasn't deemed as, you know, good for you is kind of the differentiating point here. So for anyone listening, it's not necessarily that eating a salad, right, makes you disordered or having the mm -hmm. peanut butter with one ingredient or choosing an apple to eat, you know, whatever it is makes you disordered. But it's really looking at your at the word you used early on, which I'd love to pick back up, which is your motivation behind it mm -hmm. and really you know, diving deep, deeper into that. So I just want to thank you for saying that and expand the conversation. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the first time you heard the word orthorexia or understood it was from Outweigh, the yeah. episode with Jennifer Rollin in, yes. I believe, season one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that really opened my eyes because like you were saying, it's not just about that isolated decision to get the peanut butter. I always like to ask, like, what's the severity here? Like, is it causing me anxiety? Is it causing me to spiral and ruminate about that peanut butter because 
it's not like you said, it's not just about the peanut butter. It's like <laughs> that can like how we look at anything. It's what else is going on in that situation. Right. So I just want to also ask you, you've been such an open book with us and I appreciate it. And I've got two questions that I think our listeners would just really benefit from. One is you've had a huge shift in the past year and a half that at least I know about. And it feels like I get I didn't know you before, but it feels like you're a different person. How has being so aware of diet talk impacted your family dynamics? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, when you say that it's increased like my confidence, it's crazy to hear because I think it definitely has. And honestly, I think it's made me closer with my family. I don't fault my family's comments. If let's say they say something where they mean well, and they say, Hey, like, you know, one, one situation, my mom may hate me for saying this, but it's fine. We went for dress shopping and I'll put it out there. I had to get my dress taken out. And I think a lot of women have fear around that and that we can't take the dress out, right? I have to fit into this dress. And I bought my dress prior to the pandemic, entered intuitive eating, and I had to get it taken out and that's okay. So we were walking out of the dress store and my mom turned to me and she's very aware of what I'm doing. And she's so happy that I'm not restricting anymore. She turns to me and said, all right, Liana, like just lay off the carbs. And I looked at her and I'm like, are you, are you kidding me right now? And I became very angry inside, but I was able to explain to her how that is detrimental to me and how that immediately made me focus on, because we went out to lunch after and immediately made me focus on how many calories I was eating. So just so quick like that. And I don't fault her for that because look at the society we live in. And she was very receptive. And she is also putting the trust in me and my dietitian and my therapist in this process. And also like other comments that have been made, but nothing about, I guess, my body, thankfully. But if they were, I was able to set certain boundaries and explain like, no, I don't have to worry about fitting in the dress because I trust myself. I trust my hunger cues, my fullness cues, the intuitive eating process, because I know that if I try to diet, it's going to spiral and it's not going to be fun. And I think they also, they knew how obsessive I was. They saw it. And I think they put it in my hands to know when it was time to get help around it. And I explained that to my mom, you know, she asked, why wouldn't you focus on it in your therapy in the past? And I said, I, it was not even on the plate for me. So I really think it made me closer with them. And I think it also allowed me to be more confident and outside of my own head. And I think it's also allowed me to recognize that some of the resentments I put up against certain family members was because they were putting, they were asking me if I wanted certain foods and because I was restricting, I was in my head thinking, wow, stop asking me. I don't want it. But it was because I was so uncomfortable. So I also recognized my own part in that. And that's, again, this is society we live in and people push food on some people. And I've just been able to set certain boundaries with that. So yeah, it actually had the, and I, I'm grateful that I've heard terrible stories about some comments from family members of other people who've gone through this process. So I am grateful that my family have has been very supportive. Well, you actually covered my second question, which was about your dress. And, you know, I think a lot of brides are going through that. So you really kind of answered that. And it sounds like, you know, taking out your dress, would you say it was liberating? Yes. Yes. And I recognize that. 
and how much better it's going to look on your current body. Than- oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, imagine if I try to lose weight to be in this dress, have anxiety, um, and then look back at these photos and probably remember how miserable I was inside. And I, I found that the place I got my dress from was very supportive. They were very in tune with, I guess, maybe my own gestures and the way I maneuvered the situation because I did not mention weight. I didn't mention losing weight. I mentioned gaining weight and they were very respectful. And I think that's very important because I think it's a big assumption that, okay, you're getting married. What diet are you going to go on? Or are you planning to lose more weight before the dress? And it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. Why do we have to try to fit into a dress when we can just get a dress that fits us? Yes, beautifully said. And I really love how you shared that. I think a lot of people, (laughs) self, you know, (laughs) loses their voice when a triggering comment is made, not necessarily in relation to just eating, but also for eating, but uh, or food, body image, all that stuff. But I think a lot of people shut down in those moments. And I've heard from another uh, follower of mine recently who shared a story with me and she was telling me that this was she had a really triggering conversation with her partner and after our dm back and forth she went back to her partner and had a conversation about it and turns out she was first of all misinterpreting the intention and the words and everything all together but i was so impressed because i think having those hard conversations finding your voice in those moments are really hard for me personally so i have so much respect that in that moment where you you said you got so angry inside you were maybe because of the work you've been doing with your um, eating disorder dietitian or just perhaps who you are, you were really equipped to say, I trust my hunger and fullness cues and I know that by restricting carbs, it will backfire for me. And I just wanna offer up that sentence to <laughs> and you know insert whatever it is you need to insert anybody who's listening to kind of have that ready and available for a time when you're being questioned for how much you're eating, what you're eating or your body, you know, changing. I trust my hunger and fullness cues. And I know that eating any other way will backfire for me mentally, physically and emotionally. And I think a lot of times people just need what is that quick feeder line back so that I could end this conversation, regain my power. And it's really hard. I think, you know, as a mental health counselor, like when you're triggered, you're not no longer in your I think it's your prefrontal cortex where you Mm -hmm. are logical and able to speak words. You know, you really transition into a place of like, you know, like for me, at least, you know, it's like (laughs) I I can't think of what I would logically say. And then I get back to my baseline. and I'm like, oh, I wish I said this. (laughs) I wish I said that. And all the thoughts come back to you. But I think having that pocket word, that pocket sentence, that mm-hmm. pocket phrase available for you is like such an amazing gift that you just gave all of our listeners. So thank you so much for sharing all of your story and that tip that I know is going to save a lot of things. And and lastly, I just want to say that it's so awesome that your relationship with your mom was strengthened by that conversation. So many times we think when we put boundaries in place or we have hard conversations or we explain how we're truly thinking, it's going to push people away. But it really creates a more intimate relationship to come together. And it's so important to remember that that is what happens, even though we forget or can't believe that that it will happen. Yes. And I always tell people, even like clients that I work with, that boundaries are there to protect us and and protect the relationship. So like I set that boundary because I want a healthy relationship with her. And I know that if I didn't, 
I would have that resentment stirring inside and probably take it out in a later time when I'm not thinking logically. So boundaries are so important. They're like my favorite thing. Yeah. The one liner is something my dietitian actually recommended to me because I agree. We don't, we don't think how we would normally think when we get triggered, we kind of like revert back to either that little child or whatever it is. And then later on, of course, we think of all the things we want to say. So having that one liner is is great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and being a listener and doing the amazing work that you're doing in this world. I loved this episode. I loved getting to know you and I'm just so thankful. And congrats on your wedding. I hope you have thank the best you. time and enjoy that wedding cake. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix finder only at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 